Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Good evening and welcome to Wrestling Rewind. I am your host, Angel Amoroso, and I am joined by my co-host. Iron Man Tommy Cairo. How you doing, Tommy? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Good. Great. Uh, and this week we are here for another uh, edition of Wrestling Archives, taking you back, all the way back, and to Arena Reports. And Tommy, uh, where are we going this week? All right, this week we will check in with Smoky Mountain Wrestling on their first ever TV broadcast. Oh, good so stuff. That should be interesting, yes. And then... So um, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining this took place in Kentucky somewhere. So then in Atlanta, Georgia, same day, same, same uh, year, uh, center stage with WCW Worldwide. So we'll do the um, Smoky Mountain first. Um, we'll take note of some things, and we'll read the WWF, and then we'll get a little bit of a comparison between the two promotions so we can see the difference between Southern Wrestling and, you know, with, w, with WWF still. All right. So, February 1st, 1992, Smoky Mountain. As a side note, I have decided not to do match ratings. This is the author of this, where I picked this up from. I feel that it's very hard to see great TV matches. If I come across any matches that are worthy of a star rating, then I I will give it. On to the show. Bob Caudill opens the show up with a very well-said line. Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Professional wrestling the way it used to be and the way you like it. We cut to Bob Cordell, who lets us know we will be seeing such outstanding stars as White Lightning, Tim Horner, Bobby Fulton from the Fantastics, and primetime Brian Lee, as well as the mysterious Black Scorpion. Bob Cordell also mentions that we will hear from two of the managers, Ron Wright and Jim Cornette, as well as the commissioner, Bob Armstrong. The main event for this week is Bobby Fulton versus Ivan Koloff. I don't know, right off the bat, that doesn't sound like a main event. Ivan Koloff, and nothing against um, Fulton, but pretty much a regional wrestler. But we'll see what happens. Um, Dutch Mantel tells us he is here to see the main event. He calls out Brian Lee and wants to see what he has got. He has got. On to the first match. Killer Kyle with Case versus Robert Gibson. And as the norm, as soon as Robert Gibson enters the arena, you can hear the girls screaming for him. Lock up to start, and Kyle pushes Gibson to the corner. Tie up, and Gibson whips Kyle to the ropes, and he shoulder blocks Gibson. Kyle with the side headlock on Gibson, who pushes Kyle off the ropes. Gibson drops down, stands up to hip toss Kyle over. Lock up again, Gibson with the side headlock, and run off the rope. Gibson attempts to shoulder block Kyle down twice to no avail. Three times a charm, though, as Gibson hits a sit-down lariat and gets a two-count. Gibson whips Kyle to the corner and charges in for a shoulder block but misses and hits his shoulder on the steel ring post. Kyle starts to work on Gibson's left shoulder. Kyle whips Gibson into the ropes and hits a back elbow for a two count. Kyle continues to work on the shoulder. Gibson attempts to whip Kyle to the corner, but that's reversed. Kyle, Kyle charges at Gibson 
who catches him in a sunset flip and gets the one, two, three. Sunset flip as a finish. How do you like that? Um, the day that could be that was a good finisher. Sure, Kyle. You know what? What are other uh, names that he worked on? Do you know? I, I remember. I remember him, but not well. No, me neither. All right. Um, so that what they say uh, that what could only have been a matter of minutes. Match thoughts: <laughs> a decent opener for Smoky Mountain TV. A smart move to open the show with a very, very familiar face in Robert Gibson. Killer Kyle didn't show too much as he only got in one or two defensive moves. Should have made it a little bit more. Opening match. A normal opening match. Curtain jerker. Exactly. (laughs) We head to the back to hear from the Fantastics, Bobby Fulton and Jackie Fulton. Bobby and Jackie Fulton. I can't help but be amused by Jackie's purple and black striped top with long blonde hair. Jackie cuts a promo on the Russian bear about their upcoming main event. Commissioner Bob Armstrong is here. He puts over professional wrestling and what it's done for his family. He states he isn't happy with the wrestling he has been he has seen in the last few years and was more than happy to be the commissioner when Smoky Mountain directors approached him. Bob let us know that there will be heavy fines for any infraction of the rules, which are as follows. No throwing your opponent over the top rope, no foreign objects, and the wrestlers are not allowed to touch the referees. Barry Horowitz versus primetime Brian Lee. Lock up to start with Lee gaining the advantage with some arm wrenches. Barry attempted to reverse these, but no luck, so he resorts to an elbow to the face. A series of leapfrogs occur, and Lee hip-tosses Barry. It appears that Harwich was meant to reverse the hip-toss as he landed a bit awkward. Lee takes control of the hip-toss into an arm lock. Harwich whips Lee into the ropes and hits a rather low elbow and then runs off the ropes and hits a big clothesline. Harwich has a swinging neck breaker and a leg drop for a two-count. Lee starts to fight back, but a poke to the eye stops that. A knee to the face of Lee puts him into the ropes. Barry Horowitz hits a beautiful belly-to-belly suplex for a two-count. I must admit, I'm a sucker for a good suplex. Horowitz hits a a snapmare out of the corner. Lee fights back again with kicks and punches, but yet again, a rig to the eye stops that. Horowitz rolls Lee up for a two-count. The Dutch lets us know on commentary that he doesn't like Brian Lee. Barry Horowitz misses a dropkick, and Lee plays to the crowd and takes control. Punches to the corner and whipping to a backdrop on Harwood. Big clothesline by Lee. Boot the midsection and Brian Lee picks Harwood's up and hits his finisher. The cancellation, a sit-down backbreaker for the one-two-three. Now, here you hear uh, Harwood, who's Jack Hart, Barry Hart, whatever other gimmicks he had, but he did wrestle for a time in uh, Florida Championship Wrestling and became the Florida Heavyweight Champion, um, and he was really very good. He was a good technical. So here you see him throwing in a suplex. So you see, even from the first match, there was no real offense. So now you have a little bit of you know offense given before the guy gets pinned and at least makes you know an account of himself. So I like that. Uh, match thoughts. Based off the commentary, you can clearly tell that prime time is being pushed as the mega babyface. Bob is putting over his past accomplishments in football. Also, the seeds are being planted for a program with Lee and Dutch. After most of Lee's offense, Mantell would state how he would have done it. As for the match, gaining... Sorry. 
There is a heat wave here in Philadelphia, so for the constant fanning, but okay. 102 degrees it reached this afternoon, so no, no AC, but I must. It's a clear story. Was that no AC? Oh, yeah, I have it. It's, oh, just, it's still, hot. still very hot. I, I have a fan right on it, so it's hot. Yeah, Wedding material is, is ruthless. <laughs> there's no place for people outside, yes. Okay, um, we head to the interview area with Ron Wright, who is in a wheelchair. He lets us know that he needs a hip, hip implant and a knee implant. I'm guessing he meant replacement. He is letting all the wrestlers know that he is putting his services up for grabs and wants to get a contract with a wrestler so he can get some money and have his surgery. I guess th those angles and those promos were very simple. Uh, let's see. Joe Pizzana. Back then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he just wants to get make, get some money to pay for his surgery. Right. Lock, uh, this is Joe Kazana. I didn't know that he still that he was wrestling. That's the promoter. Uh, versus White Lightning, Tom Horner. Uh, lock up to start with Horner overpowering Kazana to the corner. Some quick wrestling exchanges lead to a two count by Horner. Horner takes Kazana down with a headlock. Kazana takes Horner into the corner and lays in with some punches. Whipped to the corner by Kazana, but Horner jumps up and over Kazana and catches him with a hip toss and big drop kick. Arm dragged into another arm lock by Horner. Kazana takes over with his own headlock. Horner tries to reverse out. He whips Kazana into the ropes and takes him down with a foot trip. And Horner rolls through to another headlock. Kazana with an elbow to the face in the corner and some elbows to the back of Horner also. Kazana chokes Horner across the ropes. Kazana hits a back, back hits a body drop on Horner and starts working over his back. Kazana picks Horner up for a body slam and then climbs to the top rope. Horner catches him and throws him off the rope. Horner slams Kazana's head into the top rope and heads a and heads a back elbow in the corner. A reversal off the ropes leads to a Tim Horner roll up for the three count. Match thoughts. Not a very exciting match. It all seemed every time Kazana started to quicken the pace, Horner would put on a headlock. I think I would prefer Horner working the quicker-paced matchups. Yeah, Tim Horner, who used to team with Brad Armstrong back in the NWA days, uh, yeah. you know, always like one of the more underrated teams. But Tim Horner, who still is running shows, as far as I know, it's somewhere in up, up Western Pennsylvania, somewhere. But yeah, uh, I mean, they had everything to make it. Yeah, I mean, okay. you got to wonder about what happens. Like that, like you know, you take. Uh, I was just talking to Jimmy Powers. Take Jimmy Powers and and uh, Paul Roma, or take you know any number of guys that could have, for whatever reason, politics, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, it was uh, wasn't it White Lightning, Jim Horner, uh, Tim Horner, and uh, Horner and Brad Armstrong. Brad Armstrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at Brad Armstrong. What happened with him? I, I think he had a good physique. Yeah, but I'm saying he had a good physique. You know, he had the backing. He was a good worker. Great. Know. Yeah, one of the best. I think he just sounded too much, always like too nice of a guy. You know what I mean? He didn't keep up and start. Now, after a while. No, I mean, he, he even later on, WCW gave him a bunch of gimmicks. Like, yeah. I think he did really great for himself. Him, yeah. uh, him and uh, Brian 
were the two that really got ahead. Uh, unfortunately, Steve and, and uh, I forget the other one's name, but they, they weren't as as big as, right. you know, yeah. Brad and, and, and Brian. Yeah. I remember reading a story, Cornette, for some reason, doesn't like them. It wasn't the whole, a big thing. So something happened there. Who knows? But, you know, Cornette could be just... Yeah, like yeah. a lot of people. <laughs> All right. So... Now we hit to Bob Cornell and Jim Cornette. This could be good. Jim Cornette lets us know that he is a big celebrity, and all the big companies have turned professional wrestling into a circus. It's not whether you can wrestle anymore. It's whether you want to wear a silly costume. It's not whether you can fight. It's whether you can sell a dollar over over at Toys R Us. It's not whether you got guts. It's how juiced up on steroids you are. So that's the first thing that bothers me right there. Why you got to go there? Why you got to take a shot? You're making excuses for the guys that uh, you're promoting that don't have the physiques. There are plenty of good guys with good physiques that were good workers. So why you got to bash them because it's not your thing, I don't, I don't know. Um, well, so what does he say after that? So he's got something. I like him. All part of the heat, you know. Yeah. Nice cheap heat on people. Yep. Physique. So, yeah, he's going to let everybody know how it's going to be. Um, I guess he wasn't under contract with Vince when he was talking in reference to Oh, not at all. All right. Excellent promo by the man, Jim Cornette. Paul Miller versus the Black Scorpion. Lock up to start, and Scorpion just lays into Miller. Miller tries to take over with a drop kick and a flying forearm. Neither of these phase Scorpion too much. A big crossbody finally takes Scorpion off his feet. Miller attempts another drop kick, but Scorpion holds on to the ropes. Big body slammed by Scorpion and loose. That's you. That's you. That's you. We head back to the back. So this is bam, bam, bam. It's over. So I don't even know who this Scorpion is or who they're trying to get him. And I'm not even sure who Miller is. <laughs> don't get the, they don't get the hint. Um, Bobby, so... The match uh, was Dutch Mantel interrupts Lee's promo. So I guess Brian Lee came up for a promo. He tries to give Primetime some constructive criticism. Lee says that. Do you believe this? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Listen, I told him I was going to be on doing a show. Um, lock up the start. Now, this is going to be Bobby Fulton. Now, so we had Charlie Fulton, Tommy Fulton, and this is Bobby Fulton versus the Russian bear of the Lion. Get your blade out. Hurry up. You're ready? Get the blade. Get the blade. Get the blade. All right. <laughs> Two seconds in. Lock up to start. Ivan Koloff takes control and Fulton slams him down. A promo from Ivan plays during some mat wrestling from the two. Fulton with a go behind and roll up for a two count. Ivan takes Fulton down and chokes him on the mat. Fulton takes control with an arm ringer. Koloff takes Fulton down and starts to work on his arm. Dutch announces that he will be wrestling next week. And he wants Brian Lee to pay attention to that match. Fulton and Koloff start trading blows, and Fulton attempts to whip Koloff. We are shown Ron Wright sitting at ringside, scouting some talent. Leg, leg takedown by Fulton, who rolls into an armbar on Ivan. Ivan takes over with a kick to the midsection and a punch to the throat. <laughs> a punch to the throat. Drop kick by Fulton send, sends Ivan down. Fulton sends Koloff down with a big toss. Fulton it's a headlock, but Ivan reverses that into a back suplex. Koloff whips Fulton off the ropes. Koloff attempts a back elbow, but Fulton ducks that 
and hits a crossbody for a two count. Fulton sends Cole up to the floor after some punches. Two start rolling on the floor. Ron Wright distracts Fulton by offering a handshake, and Koloff clotheslines Fulton down to the ground. Koloff slams Fulton's head into the ring post and then hits him with the chair. They head back into the ring, and Koloff continues to beat on Fulton. Koloff with a swinging neckbreaker for two. Fulton fights back, and Koloff falls into the ropes, which gives Ron Wright the opportunity to hand Koloff a pair of brass knuckles, and Ivan gets the one, two, three for the win. Jackie Fulton runs down and starts brawling with Ivan Koloff, Referee, referee has noticed the Nucks and has reversed the decision to give Bobby Fulton the win. Out comes Vladimir Koloff to help out Ivan. The Koloffs have a chain and are hanging Jackie over the top rope. Bobby chases the Koloffs off. We are out. Match thoughts. A good main event and Ivan Koloff can definitely still go. These two work really well together. I wonder if Ivan will be fined by Bob Armstrong for the use of the brass knuckles. Show thoughts. Not a bad first show for Smoky Mountain Wrestling. They have already started three storylines from the first show. Ron Wright and his need for money for his operation. Ryan Lee and Dutch Mantel. And it appears a feud with, which has started between the Fantastics and the Colos. Thumbs up for this first Smoky Mountain TV show. I don't know. I I think um, they should have a few bigger, not bigger stars, but at least someone, people that someone people knew. So that was the whole show? That's the whole show. So I, I imagine a lot of the promos took time. You know, they're taking their time to lay this out. But, no, but, but considering it, it's at the same time, ECW was running their weekly show in 1992. And I think we, we had some better local matches than, you know, the, the first of Smoky Mountain. But that's all within opinion. Was it 92? Because, well, I'm trying to figure yeah. out. I don't even know if I came in 92 or 93. Uh, 92. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we had more more names and more. The big war, ECW, Smoky Mountain, yeah. back forth, you know. So. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's when you're brought up on a certain thing, it's fine until you see something else. And if it eclipses what you were watching, then, you know, you move on. So. They're still wrestling down there you know, at that time. Have not really changed anything, which was okay. I just think they didn't make enough changes to keep up with the times, and they didn't hold on to their territories. They didn't stand their ground. So this is what you get, right? So now, at the same time, day and year, WCW Worldwide, which was one of their many, I don't know how many different shows that they broadcast at that time frame, from Georgia Championship Wrestling, WCW, all the way up, but this worldwide wasn't one that I saw regularly. It was a little, not so often as the regular Super Show ones. So the current, this is uh, February 1st, again, 1992, at Center Stage Theater in Atlanta, Georgia. The current WCW champs were as follows. World champion Lex Luger. U.S. champion Rick Rude. Television champion Steve Austin. Light heavyweight champion Jushin Liger. World tag team champions Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton. And... U.S. Tag Team Champions Ron Simmons and Big Josh, which is Matt Bourne, correct? Yes. Yes. I answered my own question. Yeah, we're oh talking 92 here. Um, oh, my gosh. Ricky Steamboat is getting beat up again by the Dangerous Alliance. Wait, no. That's just a clip from last week. My host is Tony Schiavone. So, Paulie was still there. 
Oh, oh, I'm, I'm aware. He was still there, not all times. Yes. Uh, okay. To uh, Tony kicks off the show with the announcement of the Paul E. Awards. What is that supposed to be exactly? We'll find out during this program. Next up, Ricky Steamboat is standing by for an interview. He's sick and tired of the DA, and tells Rude he better get some eyes to go in the back of his head. Dangerous alliance. Because he's coming after him from behind. We now go over to Art Bischoff with an interview with the tailor-made man, Big Van Vader and Harley Race. These guys will be in the main event taking on El Gigante. Oh, my God. Van Hammer. Oh, my God. And Ron Simmons. Two of the worst. Poor Ron Simmons. Yeah, right. Race says Simmons is nuts, though, for wanting to tangle with this threesome. Taylor puts over Jackson insanity before Vader shows Bischoff out of the way to get to the mic. It's Vader time. I know that Simmons went over and said, listen, you two clowns stay out of my freaking way. Because, you know, were they even really, Eligante was horrible. And Van Hammer, I mean, was he even trained? I don't know. what He, he was, was a hairdresser. Terrible. Wardrobe, yeah. And terrible hair. Yeah, right? Couldn't even do his own. All right. I'd like to know who this medic was. Sting versus the medic. I think I'm going to have to put this on YouTube. The medic? What the heck? Does anybody want to clue me in? I just said this. On who this guy is? Medic gets some shots in early and applies an abdominal stretch. But Sting hip tosses out and sets Medic up in the corner for some shattered dreams. Rep won't let that happen, though. Medic goes up top where Sting still manages to give the Medic's bowls a hard time. Sting delivers the jumping DDT, the Stinger Splash, and a Scorpion Deathlock to send the medic to the ER. That was probably the worst gimmick I've seen in the last three shows. Now, I'm just going to say this quick. I'm not going to badmouth him. He was great in the ring. But Sting never was convincing to me. Ever. Ever. He's, he's, an, he's more of an actor. Yeah, exactly. And as much training as he had, and, you know, in, in California, he came from California. Yeah, you know, he had a lot of training. It was just that he was he, he was a better and and then he became an actor and you were like, well, is he a better wrestler or is he a better actor? But you know, he was marketed well and he yeah. carried the company for a very long time. So you know, you can't really speak ill of him. He no, it's, you know what? Clean life, by the way, uh, a very Christian man. So oh, that's, you know, that's true. But you know what happens to me? I make these, no, what I just said is assessment that I made way after I had been in the business, as opposed to what I thought of him when I was watching. Right, right. Different, different. A lot of guys are no, not so big in my head anymore, either because they proved to me that they're not, or I've just seen overwhelming evidence that this is not the guy that, you know, was worth looking up to. Exactly. What happens? Uh, we get disappointed, just like the, the youth of today, you know? Right. Um, so now we can see what these poorly awards. So that segment was staying led into Armstrong. This is up. Uh, who's that with Medusa? Sorry. Oh, Rick and Scott Steiner versus Chris Sullivan and John Peterson. Oh, no. Peterson gets mauled with a doomsday device. So Scott drags him over to Sullivan for a tag. Sullivan wants Rick and takes wants Rick and takes a Steiner line for it. Scott tags in for a tilt-to-whirl slam, and the Steiner Bulldog gets the win. Two minutes and 38 seconds. The Steiners were basically wrestling the same 
squash match back then. Now, then I could always get behind, you know. Sure. Just, just you know, uh, like the War Road Warriors, just come in and just beat everybody up. It ain't pretty, but it, it doesn't matter. They demolish everyone and wait for the Frankensteiner. That's yep, all you right. know. Um, now, hey, Gordon Soli is hanging out in the WNN newsroom for a report. Let's see what he has to say. Oh, more of the same about the uh, Dangerous Alliance attacking Bagwell. But now they are using street chairs. As, and as for Luger's Luger Sting match at Super Bowl, it's the most anticipated match in the history of WCW since the last most anticipated match in the history of WCW. But there's more to Super Bowl than just a Luger Sting uh, equals Rick Rude will defend Luger Sting. Rick Rude will defend the U.S. title against Rick Steamboat. There's a talk, special stipulation, but no word on that just yet. Jushin Liger will return from the Japan to defend the light heavyweight title against the former champ, Ryan Pillman. Also, Jesse the Body Ventura will join Jim Ross for color commentary for the entire show. Let's go to Jesse for a comment. He makes an old man joke on Soli and then reminds us that he will tell it like it is. At Super Bowl 2, on Super Bowl 3, Super Bowl 3, don't forget about it. It's time for the Paul E. Awards. These awards are the most prestigious in human history, says Paul E. The first recipient for a Paul E. Award goes to the Wrestler of the Year, WCW TV champ Steve Austin. The champ comes out in a tux to receive the award. Next award is the sickest individual in WCW. I'm going with Crush the Cruncher, Larry Zabisco. Fingers crossed. Yes, it's Larry Zabisco. He doesn't look too happy about this stuff. Anyways, he, the next award goes to Tag Team of the Year. Paul E. says Dustin Rhodes and Ricky Steamboat came close and the Steiners almost won it. But sorry, the winners are the current World Tag Team Champions, Bobby Eaton and Arn Anderson. Tony wonders what the point of all this is. The final award is the wrestler of the quarter. What? That's the most creative name he could come up with? Well, there's only one Dangerous Alliance member left, and that's the current U.S. champ, Rick Rude. Dangerous Alliance makes a clean sweep. What a coincidence. Paul Lee nominates himself to fill the vacant spot on the WCW board of directors. Crowd chants, we want Sting, but the heels aren't even doing anything bad. If Bagwell is somewhere being beaten up, then that's his problem. That segment leads right into this. Uh, WCW U.S. Heavyweight Champion Rick Rude. Where is it? With Medusa and Brad Armstrong? Wow. Yeah. Armstrong works on an armbar early on in a match. Rude punches out and delivers a clothesline, but sells the hurt arm. Psychology is such a lost arm. Armstrong returns to the armbar, but Rude goes low to escape. Rude comes off the top with a forearm for two. Armstrong powers out of a chin lock and then catches Rude coming off the top. Armstrong heads up and gives Rude a crossbody block, block, but Medusa has the ref distracted, so he only gets a two count. Armstrong comes off the ropes, but Medusa trips him up so Rude can deliver the Rude Awakening. See you later. Rude gives Armstrong another Rude Awakening, which signals Ricky Steamboat to run in for the save. He chops away on Rude until Medusa jumps on his back. That gives Rude just enough time to grab his full E award and smash it. Steamboat's lower into low, Steamboat's lower back. Some robber, some jobbers try to help 
Steamboat output. Jobbers can only do so much. In comes Rhodes, Wyndham, and Simmons to finally send Rude running to the showers. You know, Medusa was probably the best addition to any of that, and and we're worth watching because of her. Uh, I actually, around that time, had a conversation with Tony Schiavone about uh, Medusa and how he thought she had the most potential out of any talent that was there at the time in really making it big time. Uh, she did this dive off the, you know, off the top. Onto a bunch of guys, and he was like, you know, he was just amazed, and and she was, you know, she was really looked at seriously because she had put her work in, put some hard work in, uh, and and you know, she did a great job, and I thought that she was probably one of the the, the best additions. You know, Paulie liked to do all the gimmick stuff, like the swimsuit. Right. And award ceremonies and whatever, uh, but he, he did he did a great job uh, yeah. back in in NWA Jim Crockett and then moving on to WCW Jim Hurd and, and uh, moving on he he did a great job with what whatever dangerous alliance and click that he had and whatever he had running, but uh, you know Medusa always like you know just the highlight of of every. You know, never heard. Who trained her? Like, what, where, I never heard that from anybody. Like, uh, she started. Where she, she, from from? A, she came from AWA. Oh, really? So I would, I would assume uh, the guy. Or Brad Rindins or yeah. But you know what? Uh, now I'm, I'm interested in that because she did do uh, a lot of Japan stuff, and yeah. not coming from uh, Mula as Sherry Martel and a lot of the previous women had. Uh, so yeah, that, that's an interesting question. We're going to get more into that. Uh, into Why don't you try to get a hold of her? Edition. Uh, she does a podcast, actually. So uh, you know, maybe we could delve more into that uh, a little bit. So was this the whole show for? Uh, uh, no, there was. Uh, let me just quick. Uh, there was Cactus Jack, Taylor Made Man. Who was that? And was that the? Scotty. Was that Scotty? Maybe Terry Taylor. Maybe yes, yes, with the Alexandra yeah. York, right? Yeah, so this, the yeah, York this Nation. Was, yes, that's right. Yes. This was probably bad because it was Cactus Jack, Taylor Made Man, Made Man, and Vander with Harley Race versus Van Hammer, El Gigante, and Ron Simmons. So Simmons, uh, I'm sure, uh, delivered a standing power slam. So that probably didn't last too long. Um, but this is part here at the end, and we'll go into final thoughts. Um, we'll compare the two real quick. Eric Bischoff is standing by with Steiner Brothers. He mentions the young pistols have been saying they must go through Steiners to earn some respect. Okay, well, maybe Rick isn't the best person to give advice on how to earn respect. So what does Scott have to say? He says the only way the pistols can beat them is if there is a sniper in the crowd. Wow, that's confidence. Oh, yeah, by the way, they will get their belts back at Super Bowl. Well, at least they should have, right? Final thoughts. Sure, there were more old-fashioned squashes this week. In the past two shows, but the Root Steamboat angle was advanced quite nicely, which was the focal point this week. How about those Paul E. Awards, huh? Wrestler of the Quarter. Man, that's one real specific category. Well, uh, hands down, this one right away, I'm going to go with WCW uh, because of, uh, like, I shouldn't be saying it, but in all honesty, the creativity of Paul Heyman and the different segments that he brought upon uh, the promotion and then the different factions that were just phenomenal in creating a show with just his segment 
uh, it, just his segments back then were, you know, most of the show. And yeah. it, everything really surrounded around the Dangerous Alliance and anything that Paul Heyman or Jim Cornette did. And uh, anyone who was a fan back then of the product, uh, he was definitely into uh, everything that you just read. So over, definitely over the first show of Smoky Mountain, you know, you have to consider that it's, it's their, their intro show and it's yeah. their first time getting off the ground. So uh, it, although they used uh, previous stars of the NWA for their main events to, to try to get things off the ground, uh, it just, it, it, it didn't seem like uh, the, the, the appropriate competition head to head. You know, I would venture to say that there might have been a, a lock on a lot of the talent because, you know, he's not he's not in WCW. He's not anywhere. Like, in other words, I guess Coronet had already been wherever he was, and now he's back there and he's doing his own thing. So maybe he was limited on any talent that he could get because there was a little bit of, like, boycott going on, possibly. He did a fantastic job with what he had at all times, and he, and he grew to get a lot better uh, Smoky Mountain, Ohio Valley, uh, then oh. becoming the developmental territory. So, you know, he, he ever with like everyone else made some mistakes and like everyone else and then corrected those mistakes and still is a, a strong force in professional oh, yeah. wrestling. And I'm sure will continue to be until his dying days. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Jim Cornette ran a great show, but uh, one against the other for his first show, opposed to a, a WCW show that, let's face it, what was this, like their 100th show? Yeah, or, you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, opposed to. So I'm going to go with WCW here as being the better show between the two. Yeah, I, I will too. And I, I guess it's not always that we're, we're looking for the better. Let's look at also at the differences in you know, the opening match, uh, how much offense is the guy that's going uh, under? What is he, how much offense is he getting? You can compare it and you can see that there's big differences in the way these matches are put on. And I think in most places other than the WWF, I think they put more thought into that. A lot of the WWF stuff, early stuff, just throwing the same guys in there. Savannah Sousa, you know, Frankie Williams, like, you know, some terrible talent. Some of it good and some of it not so good. And it didn't seem like a lot of the stuff had rhyme or reason. So, well, yeah, about the, the the whole angles, like especially when you're starting a promotion fresh and it's your first show, you're giving the fans an idea of of the you know the people that you're going to use in the future and stick them with seeing every time you run a show, whether it's like every week or every month, like those are going to be the people that are leading the promotion uh, that you're going to have to sit there and watch. So it's the quality of like maybe you know Robert Gibson is great down south i don't think that would have uh went over well where we are here yeah. but down south that was a big draw back then in 92 we're talking about rock and roll express is still a draw but yeah. uh, you know just that w was good and you know bobby bobby phone coming out of the fantastics and uh yeah. people like that it, down south that is their draw so Although a great show, uh, absolutely no comparison to the WCW that had, you know, just outnumbered them at that sure. point in, in experience. And you're also talking about Smoky Mountain as they went, all those small promotions, those people kept coming 
the same people, and then no one is filtered in and out, but they were playing to the same people. You could not tell those people that they, those, those people, the wrestlers that they were watching weren't stars because they're so invested in them. They may have seen them come in their rookie year, and it's three years down the road, and they're still coming to watch them. You know, right. so... It's their stars of their area. Just like ECW was the stars of our area. Everyone has their own, just like back then and just like now. All the independents are are different. Uh, You know, a a lot of people who who ran these areas became developmental territories for the bigger promotions for a reason. Because, you know, they, they... they did their work. They put in their time and the people trained properly. And then, you know, we have the the people that are on television right now to look at today. Ohio Valley, I'm sure still a, a, a big training area for people. Yeah. The, the most famous one. That's the one that you want to go to if you want to get to the ranks of the WWE, regardless of how many other schools there are in the world. That is, you know, that's the biggest area. So yeah. Jim Burnett, maybe not winning in this little competition, competition yeah. we have here in the versus battle, but winning in the end. And, yes. and you know, we'll continue to win, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, so I uh, hope everyone has enjoyed this edition of wrestling rewinds arena reports arena results and uh let's see smoky mountain versus who is it wcw it was called it was WCW, yep, and um and you're of course you're going with wcw we we've already yeah. established yeah. that so we, we we both uh got our votes in and i hope you've established a vote as well and i hope you'll join us uh next week and every week sunday at 7 p.m on monty and the pharaohs youtube network where there's a lot of great shows to tune into so like share and subscribe and from my co-host tommy cairo uh from the virgin princess angel amoroso saying have a nice night and a nice life good night